Good morning. Welcome to Mariner's Church. Thank you for being part of today. Uh, my name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is really, really good to see you. Beautiful day, isn't it? I mean, it's incredible outside. I'm glad you're here, and it should be a great time at the picnic. Um, make sure you grab your stuff and, and head on down. It's just a lot of fun at that place, so we'll look forward to, to, to seeing you there. They have done study after study, and, and we kind of almost know this in, intuitively, but they have found that everybody, every human around, every human being, which means you and which means me, we want to be seen as smarter than we are. Okay, isn't that true? What we say? We want to be seen as more generous than we are and more talented than we are and more important than we are. Isn't that true? I mean, don't you like to be seen as a little bit more than you are? It's kind of a, the human nature deal on this one. And, and because of that, because we have this inner need and this desire, we, we fudge it sometimes. You know, we kind of cheat a little bit. So we're going to do a little bit of a, a scientific hands-up survey, okay, which wor- always works really well around here. How many of you have ever done this one? And this is kind of the way we try and promote ourselves or think we're better than we are. Somebody mentions a person like a musician or a song that you felt like you should have known, you know, but you don't. And even though you didn't, you pretended like you did. Have any of you ever done that one before? before? Yeah, you kind of nod your head like, oh, yeah, 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 I know. I know. How about this one? You've been wasting time watching TV, just wasting the whole day afternoon, and all of a sudden you hear the garage door open, and so you turn off the TV and open a book. Any of you ever done that? <laughs> Have you ever done that one? Yeah, I've, I, 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 I've done that one. Okay, how about here? You're, 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 you're pretending like you're, you're praying. You know, we have the time to pray, and you bow your head. So you keep your head down, you're praying. But as long as your head's down, you might as well check out your phone. Have you ever done any of you done that one? Uh, on that one? We're going to talk about um, um, what that kind of stuff does to us. We laugh and think it can be harmless, and, and, and sometimes it's, it's fun. But when it goes to a bigger extent, it, it, it does stuff to us and in us. And it can really keep God working in, in us and in our lives. Let's take a second and pray before we go any farther on this one. Lord, thank you. Now for the moment, and thank you, God, that you now will be speaking into us by your Spirit, and we ask that you would bless these time, this time in your Son's great name. Amen. We're in a series we're calling Unstoppable, and we are looking at this incredible thing called the church. And, and you might be thinking, you know, what's so amazing, incredible about this, you know? I mean, I come here week after week, same faces, you know, same chairs, you know, same musicians. Paul wears the same shirt, you know, every couple weeks, you know. And if you listen closely, this is the same message I gave eight years ago, you know. So you're thinking that, you know, I'm not quite sure we're seeing the dynamic, amazing thing. But Jesus said the church is not a building. Um, It's the movement of God through Jesus that moves into hearts and people, and, and changes lives, and gives people eternal life, a forever life, and a whole different changed life. And, and the church obviously blows out beyond these walls. It is the movement of God in people. So we had a number of our kids go to Hume Lake last week. They, they came back from Hume Lake, the Christian camp. That's part of the movement of God, what God is, is doing in, in people. And this place called Mariner's Church is part of it. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are part of it. You're part of this movement of God working in the world to change lives. And something has been happening in the last 30 minutes or so around here. God's Holy Spirit has been working and moving in you. 
And hopefully you've been opening your heart to that. You've been opening your life and your heart to say, man, the words that are coming through in the message, or I'm sorry, in the songs, the lyrics of the songs, or just my meditation in my heart, something is changing in me and something's giving me comfort or something's giving me strength. That's the movement of God. That's the power of the, of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible book of Acts that we've been looking at actually is kind of the chronicle or the story of that, of what's going on. Jesus died and he rose from the dead and, and then, and then he, he talked to the disciples and he said, man, I'm going to go away, but you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you're going to share my words. You're going to be witnesses to what I'm doing everywhere in the, in the world. And so the church started that way. And so we're calling this unstoppable because this is what the church is. It grew and grew and, and grew. Bible says this, all the believers were united in heart and mind. Isn't that cool? United in heart and mind. And, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. They shared everything they had. Can you imagine being part of that kind of place? Everything they, they had. And it sounds really, really cool. And, you know, you need it, you, you can have it. You know, not just the cast-offs, not just the clothes you haven't worn in three years. I'll give to you, you know, the church thing. If you need it, if you have a need in your life, I'll, I'll give it to you. It's okay because we're now community. We trust each other and we care. The Bible says the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. There's clearly something going on there. Okay, and now it gets wild. It says this, there were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring to the money to the apostles to give to those in need. And that's pretty big. Again, that's a whole lot bigger than last year's old hiking boots, okay? We're talking about land. We're talking about houses. We're talking about their large investments, their family inheritance. They're saying the movement of God is so big, so strong, and the needs of the people in order for them to be able to go out and to share is so great that we're going to take what is really critical, what we would think is the most important thing, to give it to what really is the what? Most important thing. And now there's going to be an example. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostle called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, he sold a field he owned and brought the money to put it at the apostle's feet. Way to go, Joseph. You know, what a cool thing you just did. You know, he does this, he gives the money to him, and they give him a new name. Because you've encouraged so many people, we're going to call you now Barnabas, son of encouragement, and people are really, really happy. Well, at least most people are really, really happy because standing off to one side, there's a couple, and they're not all that happy at all. In fact, they're pretty bugged about this whole thing because they don't like you know, Barnabas being in the spotlight. So they thought, who does this Barnabas think he is? You know, We don't like the light shining on him. I mean, we'd like some recognition too, you, you know. Maybe we should give stuff away and, and maybe people would like us and, and give us a new name too, you know. And here's their story. There's a certain man named Ananias who, with his wife Sapphira, they sold some property. There they go. He brought part of the money of the apostles, claiming it was a full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Now, if this were a movie, you know, the music would do this, you know. Dum-dum-dum, 
You, you, you know, because here's where it starts to get dangerous or here's where it starts to get more dramatic. And what Ananias and Sapphira want the people to think is that they are something, you know, that they are something, that they're important too, you know, that we're big, we do stuff, we're generous and all this kind of stuff. And so they sell their lot in Bakersfield. I don't know. They sell their lot in Bakersfield for, what would a lot go in Bakersfield? 25 bucks, you know, I don't, know, I don't even know. They sold it for, they sold it for $25,000, but they say, but we want everyone to think that we're called by God to give, you know, a huge amount away. And so they write a check for $10,000. And they, and they say, even though this was a family inheritance, a deep part of our lives, you know, even though grandma was born there and raised there, we're going to sell it and give it all to you, you know, and they're waiting now for the applause. I mean, you see what he's doing here? You know, you see? Um, he wants to be a big shot. Uh, I want the glory of giving without the sacrifice. I want the notoriety or the, the fame with, without any, any kind of actual sacrifice happening here. I want people to say, wow, look at you. Now, Jesus would say, life, life with me is not like that. It doesn't work that way. Great words that, that the Bible says is, don't love the world nor the things it offers you, for when you love the world, you don't have the love of the Father in you. You, you can't. You're loving the world too much. So let's look at his story once again, okay? It says this, there's a certain man named Ananias who with his wife Sapphira, they sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Kind of keep the details straight in your head if you can then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not to sell. As you wish, but after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. Now, the issue is not the giving. Again, Peter makes it really clear. What he's saying is, you know, is, is you didn't even have to sell the property. You didn't have to do that. It, you know, it was yours to sell, and once you gave, you didn't, have to, you didn't have to give the whole amount. The issue is in the lie. The issue is in the showmanship. The issue is in trying to have everybody think they're really, really important. They're really, really big. The Bible says as soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. <laughs> Everyone who heard about it was terrified, and then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. Dum-dum-dum, you know? And I guess it would be a really good time to take the offering right about now, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and what's going on here, you know? I mean, what the heck is going on here? Because out of everything you read in the Bible, this seems kind of a little out of character, you know, with what's going on. <laughs> You know, and there's a lot of layers here, and, we're, and those layers actually will speak to us, and, and I hope they, they, they speak to you. Is it about lying, fraud? Yeah, it is, you know. Um, is it about trying to look good? Of course it is. You know, that's, that's in there. You can, you can read that. It's, it's also, though, a, a, about the closeness of Jesus and, and, and God the Father with his church. There's a theological component to it as well. It says in verse 3, you lied to the Holy Spirit. Well, well, how do you lie to the Holy Spirit? You're just lying to the people. But what he's saying is the Holy Spirit is so entwined with this thing called the church is that you're, you're trying to lie to God. 
Because he says in verse 4, you weren't lying to us, you were lying, you were lying to God. And, and, and church then is God's thing. It's not just an us thing. It's just not an us organization. And so what you're saying is you, you wound the church, you're, you're trying to wound God. On the positive side is, you know, you, you serve the church, you're serving God. And what they're doing was using the church to bring glory to themselves. And, 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 and the church is so precious to Jesus, you know, he calls it his bride. You don't do that. You just don't mess around with that kind of stuff. In, uh, in the Bible, it says this, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit lives, lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Now, when I was growing up, um, um, they used to say, you know, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And they'd always talk about it being your physical body. And they'd say, so therefore you have to be really careful what you eat. You know, don't drink Coke and don't eat a lot of candy because your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Make sure you get exercise because the body's the temple. And don't get too many ear piercings because your body's the temple. And don't get, what, tattoos because why would you want to tattoo the... It has nothing to do with that kind of stuff at all. Not a bit. It's not talking about your physical body. It's talking about the corporate body, this thing called the church. It's not talking about what you drink or what you put on your skin or anything like that. It's completely talking about don't mess up this thing called the church. It's really holy and it's really important to God. Not talking about smoking or tattoos or gum chewing or candy or anything like that. It's talking about the importance of this place. And that's why in this place at Mariners, we, we, we don't do political agendas because that's not what we're all about. This place is holy to God, and, and, and we don't want you soliciting for your business and no clicks or exclusions or no making fun of others or no, you know, I need to get to know the right people in the church you know, to have any kind of influence. No, you know, I can get prestige here. And I think that's why Jesus made an interesting statement. He said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Remember that statement? Than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And you think, what a weird statement that is. <clears throat> but he's saying that is because he knew human nature really, really well. And that those that have wealth and influence have sometimes and have a temptation, do stronger temptation, to use that wealth and influence to get prestige or to get status in places. And sometimes all of a sudden you enter into a church where we are all on completely equal footing, equal ground. And people say, I can't find influence here. It's really difficult for me. And that's why a lot of times wealthy people don't fit right and don't fit well and have to completely change their whole outlook on life. Okay, back, back to the story. Ananias is dead, all right? They took the guy out and they, and they buried him. Well, what's next? It says about three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what has happened. Peter asked her, was, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? And, and at this point in time, we should be holding our breath, you know. And we want to say, you know, Sapphira, tell the truth. You know, tell the truth, please. Say no. You know, if you own the lie, everything will be okay. Yes, she replied. That was the price. Now, you can read this next part harshly, or you can read it with the way I think Peter said it. Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the Spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are outside the door, 
and they're going to carry you out too. Instantly she fell to the floor and died, and when the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Okay, now we'll take our offering, <laughs> you know, because all of a sudden we're all holding our breath thinking, holy cow, what in the world am I getting into with this thing, you know? And, and, and the immediate question, the immediate thing that pops, us is, uh, pops up is, will God kill me if I screw up? Is God going to kill me too? You know, am I going to be knocked down dead because I didn't give 10% to the offering, you know, or because I did check out my phone during prayer time? Is God going to knock me dead like, like that? And we ask the question, why, why did they die, you know? Why? Did God do it? I don't know. It doesn't say God struck them dead. You know, maybe they're both in their 90s, you know, and, and had bad heart conditions and their hearts were racing anyway for this whole thing, you know, or maybe they're old and stressed and they just simply stroked out. We don't know. I do know it says in verse 3 that Satan filled their hearts. And that's not the, you know, the Blair Witch product Satan or, you know, the, you know, where their heads rotate around, you know, 360 degrees or anything like that. <clears throat> but it happens in those unseen moments. They were, they were, when they become judgmental and you say, look at that person, you know, the way they dress. Or when you gossip statement that could be used for that would be Satan's filling your heart. I will not forgive that person. You would describe, why is Satan filling your heart telling you that unforgiveness is better? Jesus said this, if you cling to your life, you'll lose it. If you let your life go, you will save it. And they are what? Clinging. You have to lose your life. We, um, we sometimes long for the popularity and the prestige, and we do anything for it. Um, we were flying to Portland, my wife, daughter, and I, and, um, um, to visit my son up there, and, 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 and we parked our car in long-term parking, you know, at SFO. And so we caught a shuttle bus to the terminal, and... Um, before I get on the shuttle buses, it's really funny. Well, it's not that funny. It's pretty pathetic for me. I take a picture of the shuttle bus. Now, do you know why I take a picture of the shuttle bus? It's because one time we got off a flight, and I forgot which parking structure we were in, and I actually got us into the wrong shuttle bus. It was taking us to the wrong place. So now I take a picture of the right shuttle bus to know. So anyway, I took a picture of the right shuttle bus, and I jumped on with my family there, and, and, and it was just us there, my wife, and my daughter and another family, husband, wife, and their little girl. She's maybe in the second, third grade. And, and as we sat down, you know, you just kind of, rrr, rrr, it's going through and you're bouncing. And, 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 and she was going through her flashcards. And her dad was helping her, you know, helping her with the flashcards. And, and these were not horse and cat that they were, they were doing on their flashcards. These were Italian words and phrases, you know, Italian. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh, okay, you know, yeah, so so it got quiet, and I asked them where they were going, and they said that they had rented a chalet in Canada and were going there to ski, you know. And we were going to Portland to cram into my son's apartment, you know. And immediately I'm feeling a, <clears throat> a class distinction <clears throat> going on here. And so I said, you know, to keep conversation, I said, well, your daughter's very smart. Um, and he said, well, she's actually taking a break um, from learning Chinese, and she's learning Italian. 
And, and, and he said, he asked his daughter, now, is it, is it Mandarin you're learning? And she said, no, Dad, it's Cantonese. You know, it's Cantonese. And I'm looking at my kid who's, you know, just hating Spanish, you know, in this regard. <clears throat> and as the shuttle got closer to the terminal, I'm not kidding you. This is, this is, this is a real story. He, he said to his wife, um, you know, I can't remember the price I quoted that guy who's looking to buy my company. You know, I can't remember. And I think this guy owns a company. His daughter's learning Cantonese. There's running a chalet in Canada, you know, and, and, and he's selling his company for all kinds of money. And so after they got off, you know, we're really quiet. And, and I said to my kid, uh, my daughter, do you know Chinese, you know? Her response was, do you own a company, you know? <laughs> and, and, and it's in us, isn't it? It's in us. And I don't know if they're trying to show off or anything like that. I just know that <clears throat> when they were wanting to be seen or wanting to be revealed as important people, I wanted to be revealed as an important person too. You know that? <clears throat> I wanted to say, you, you know what? I work in the most important organization in the history of mankind, so there. I wanted to do that. Well, we don't. Let's look at the story another way, okay? Um, in fact, two more ways, two more scenarios. Let's look at this story um, as if, what if they got away with it? Let's go down that road for a second. What if, what if Ananias and Sapphira got away with the whole thing? You know, they were able to, to accomplish the whole deal. Suppose they convinced everybody how kind and generous and holy they were, and now they're able to high-five each other and thought, now we can get new names too, you know, because we're really into these new name things. And the disciples got together, and they thanked them and said, you guys are amazing, and we, you know, ta-da, we want to give you new names. From now on, you're not Ananias and Sapphira. From now on, we'll call you Justin and Selena. You know, cool names. And every day, Justin and Selena would think, we're pretty good at this, aren't we? You know? Um, and I can't believe how gullible these people are. We can get away with anything here, you know? And they'll never know. And over time, as what always happens, they would begin to despise the people more and more, and they would become more and more haughty and prideful and arrogant. I'm telling you, they would have died. Not right away, but, but, but slower, slower. Their death would have been just as real, but it would have been much, much slower. And when we think of the whole thing, I think what God said to them was, I don't want that to happen. I love you too much to let your life get destroyed that way. So I think a very loving and a very kind and a very merciful God said to both of them, let's just come home now. Come home now. Before you do more damage to this church that I love and to your own lives, your own spiritual lives, I'm just going to bring you home now. Um, the story could be so different. Suppose Ananias, it happened this way. Suppose they asked Ananias, is this the amount? Ananias, is this the amount? And Ananias, this time he pauses because inside he's, he's struggling. 
And a small voice whispers, it's not worth it. It's not going to be worth it. You know the right thing. And he listens. And God has been working and working and working in his heart. Ananias finally hangs his head down and says, it's not. And I'm an idiot, and I wanted the wow factor, and I wanted the new name. You see, I, I want to be seen as real important and real cool, and I've been a fool to get it. Please help me. What do you think would have happened? What do you think the disciples would have done at that point in time? Do you think he would not have a dozen guys surround him and say, hey, we've been there too, and we will give the shirts off our back to walk with you and go through this with you and understand God loves you and God forgives you and we do too and you're still our brother. And then a couple hours later, Sapphira comes in and was asked, was this the amount? And she looks around. Only this time, tears fill her eyes because one little word from her she could lose all the status and all the importance that she's worked so hard to get in her life. Um, and she says, no, no. I've, I've been afraid to give it all. What do you think would have happened? I think she would have found life there. I think she would have found sisters and brothers in Christ that would surround her and say, we've been there too. And fear is a real thing. And sometimes you want to have status and you want to have prestige because you're afraid of what people think. You know what? But we love you exactly as you are. And because you're being open and honest and real about this whole deal, we're now allowed to love you, what, even more. And I think she would have found life. This is what Jesus said. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But give up your life for my sake. You'll save it. And so God will not love you or me more if we have more money or a better job, bigger church, you know. He will never love you more than he does now. And that means you can be real about the life you have and the struggles that you're going through and the mistakes you've made and the stupid things you've done, stupid things you're doing. And you can say, here's where I struggle and here's where I have hurt. Here's where I need, I need, I need building up. And when you, when you do that, God constantly reaffirms a new name that you have. Ananias and Sapphira maybe wanted the new name. They wanted to have a new name like Barnabas. You know, he got a new name. They wanted a new name. You know what the new name you have is in Christ? Beloved by God. Loved by God. That's your name in Christ. But God looks at you no matter what you've done, no matter what where you've been, no matter what you're doing, and says, I love you. You are my beloved, my beloved. And on that, I'm going to invite you to bow your head with me and ask that you might just simply ask God, ask his Holy Spirit who's alive and active and working in a place like this, Search you, search your heart, search your life. 
I mean, the Bible says, God, see if there would be any hidden or hurtful way in me. And I'm sure that's already come out as we've been talking this morning, and you know. And maybe the status you want to achieve either here or anywhere is only because you're insecure or struggling or hurting. And God's word for you is you're beloved just as you are. Maybe you're fearful of the future. Maybe you're fearful of if I give my everything to Christ, what's going to happen to me? Jesus said, I'll tell you what's going to happen to you. You'll find life. You will find life. A whole different kind of life, a different way of life, a life that's filled with hope and security and forgiveness and joy and peace. God's in charge, and maybe that's where you are today, and you need to say, okay, I'm tired of my old life. I want a new life. I want to be known by God as someone who's loved, and it just simply means saying yes to Jesus Christ. To say, yes, I believe. You love me. You died for me. That's how much you showed your love. And I want my sins forgiven. I want a new life in you. And I pray that if you're here this morning and have never done that, you would. And then you would do something if you're making that decision this morning. You might just simply raise up your hand and say, yes, I'm accepting Christ today. I want Jesus in my life. I want to be forgiven. I want that life. God, thank you your mercy, your kindness, your grace, your giving. Father, I pray that you would help us to be real, authentic about our sins and our failures, our just being stupid people sometimes. And when we see other people doing crazy things, we would love them like you love us. So make us be a place known for that. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks you guys for being part of today. I'm glad you're here. Um, enjoy the warmth, the sunshine, Seattle Long Branch Ranch. A couple hours, it'll be awesome out there, really good time, and so I hope you can come. It'll be a lot of fun. We're going to stand together. We're going to fi- finish with a final song. Offering buckets, <laughs> they will come by. <laughs> and we do have sheets to carry you out if you need it. So, so. God bless you guys. Love you. <laughs>